Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. It is The Big Show here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. I'm Gordon Monson. Jake's vacationing. Bowler was sitting I'm in. Gordon we, Monson. we had a lot of fun with Bowler, Austin, and uh, and then he just bailed on us. So uh, he, well, After that not sports report, I don't blame him. I wish I could. I know. I probably would have left, too, if I could have. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was fun and Bowler in, and uh, we appreciate it. Thanks, uh, Craig. Austin's here, and I'm here, and Kalani's here. So uh, why don't we uh, give a listen to the BYU coach from his Monday press conference. All right. Well, looking forward to this week. Home opener. Uh, excited to play Troy. Uh, welcoming back uh, Ryan Pugh as an offensive coordinator and, and uh, Chip Lindsay and, and Troy. So I, th- I think they uh, had a great game last week and last weekend and, and scored a lot of points and impressive on film. Uh, looking forward to the matchup. Uh, feel feel as if uh, that's a good it'd be a good matchup for us in, in all three phases and uh, looking forward to the test. So excited about getting back on the field and, and being being with the whole team again and and uh, you know all of us being able to practice. Looking forward to today's practice. So I'll take any questions you guys may have. All right, let's go, John Coon, and then Jared Lloyd. Coach Sifton, like game prep from uh, one opponent to another because of a postponement. What what kind of challenges did that present for the coaching staff, just kind of shifting gears like that? Um, I think uh, looking at the entire – everything's been a transition looking at our, our entire schedule. So I don't think it, it really mattered that much that we had to shift it away from you know, from an, an option type team for defense to, to now a little bit more of a spread, fast tempo type of team. So uh, we've, we've kind of seen it all. The, the biggest concern was actually going ver- against the, the triple option type team from the from the beginning. But, uh, you know, we feel like this is a good transition for us. We'll be able to uh, been training for it. Our, this will kind of fit in what we're, we've been we've been playing against uh, even since spring. So I think it'll be the, the match will be fine. Okay, go ahead, Jared, and then Jake Edmonds. Okay. Kalani, can you give us a health update on the team? And also, if you've done anything different because of the positive things and, and, and what that's been like as you've, as you've had to adapt over the, the last week? Uh, well, I mean, as, as far as we know, we, you know, we still have some more tests to go this week, but we should, everyone's still in play right now as we go towards the game. Uh, obviously, we had. Uh, some education purposes and understanding the, the, the virus a little bit more. And it's really not too difficult to understand, except for the part with contact tracing. You know, we, we have uh, we have to be mindful of, of, of the situation. Um, you know, what's difficult is when guys test positive, their whole apartment has to shut down in quarantine. And um, aside from us trying to keep our masks on, even at home, you know, as, as, as apartments, I don't know if that if uh, anything could have been done differently than than moving these guys to studio apartments at the beginning of the year. And so um, uh, I think understanding the contact tracing a little bit more and, and being able to adjust to that is going to be the key for us. And uh, we've done that. We've, we've made some adjustments. Um, we have guys that are married that 
know, the, the apartments that, that do live together, we, we have to be mindful of that and be smart in how we approach the season and approach each game and each week. And so going to this week, we'll, we'll have to make adjustments if we don't have everyone available. And that's just part of the season this year. Hey, Coach, I'm not sure uh, how much college football you've watched outside of teams that you're going to be playing, but um, just what's your impression on the Sun Belt Conference as a whole? Obviously, they've had some what people are considering upsets, but maybe they're actually, you know, better than the past. Really well coached teams and, and uh, prepared and ready to go. And, and I think uh, looking at all the, uh, you know, I, I watch all kinds of football since we started playing high school high school level to, to as much football as you can get out there from college to the pros. And so it's a lot of learning lessons out there for coaches and players to watch and things that in, in, can increase your football IQ. So we encourage our players to watch as much football as possible. But um, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, the, I've been really impressed with them. And uh, that doesn't, you know, not just Sunbelt Conference, but looking at all the football, the well-coached teams that are out there that are, well, that are really prepared and, uh, you know, I, I have a, a huge admiration for coaches and what they do with their teams. The uh, the bounce back that Navy was able to do, and that comeback that the victory that they were able to have with Ken leading the leading the way. I think it's a, some really impressive things out there, and, and it just goes to show the, the type of coaching that's out there, specifically in the Sun Belt Conference and, and other conferences. So it's, it's it's exciting. You know, we have to make sure that we do our part as coaches and make sure that we're ready for this game against Troy. Okay, let's go, Jay, and then Mitch. Hey, Kalani, just wondering if you're able to hold full team practices today or this week, or are you still in the kind of the small group uh, that you you did last week? Oh, the cohorts last week is, it was a last week thing. To, starting today, we'll be uh, able to practice uh, as a complete team. So we'll still, uh, you know, use our masks and our shields on our face mask and still practice social distancing on the field, um, but we'll be able to practice uh, as, as a team as a unit. When you say everybody's still in play to play Saturday, does that mean everybody will practice today? Or does that mean you'll get guys back before Saturday, but not quite yet today? Uh, a little bit of both, I, I guess. I mean, we're not going to have, you know, we've had some guys that were banged up even from the um, Navy game that are still, we still have to evaluate and see if they can return today in practice. And then we have uh, some that, that, you know, we'll have to clear and, and, and with testing and everything and, uh, you know, and the way we go. But I, I mean, I, I, I can't answer that question fully right now because there's about four different answers in there. Kalani, what uh, has your sports medicine department maybe told you about the potential impact that this state, the, the rise of cases in the state of Utah could maybe have on this Saturday's game? Um, not much. I mean, we've been talking about uh, just understanding the understanding contact tracing more than anything, you know, and, and how to keep our guys safe. But uh, there's, there's going to be some accountability from our players being able to, uh, you know, gauge their own lives and be smart in how they approach their everyday living. And so that's, that's been the key from our sports medicine department, educating our, our coaches and, and staff and players. We're all in the same boat here. And so, you know, just uh, this thing. So, so, it's, it's so unpredictable that you, you can do everything right and still still contract the virus. And so uh, what, right now what we're dealing with, we just have to be able to be ready to get the best guys on the field that we're deal, dealing with and, and you know adjust if we need to make any transitions along the way. And I was really impressed with the team and the way that they took the, uh, 
change of plans from last week and postponing that game against Army to, to the transition that they're making now. And I, I see a lot of improvement in the way that they're doing things. But uh, these guys have always been, um, you know, going with the, with the flow of things. And right now the flow of things is all leading on our sports medicine department and our administration, whatever they they ask of us, we do. And it's never been an issue for us now. Uh, we can't control what everybody else does, but we can control what we do and, and, and play our part in trying to make this right, get all the guys on the field. And I just wanted to follow up too, Kalani. We, we saw at Florida State, uh, their head coach, Mike Norvell, contracted the virus. I'm just kind of curious, and it's kind of a hypothetical, so I know you're probably doing everything you can to stay safe, but if you were to, say, contract the virus, do you have like a contingency plan as to who would be the head coach if a situation like that did arise? Of course, yep. And that, that kind of goes down the, the – it trickles down from there. So, you know, we have an assistant head coach that would take over if, if needed. And, um, you know, our coordinators will run the show still. And so that's kind of if – you, if you look down down the line of, of the steps in order of our guys, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to deal with it if that happens. So we're, we're prepared for it. I think you have to now. And you have to be prepared for guys that, that may possibly contract the virus – so you have to look at your depth. I mean, we talked about our depth this year being such a huge uh, strength for us. Didn't really think that you'd have to test it with, with the COVID, but um, that's part of the injuries now. It's part of game time, whether you're ready to play or not. And that, you have to factor that in. So when you're looking at the number of players that we have to play in different positions, you have to, in the back of your mind, have a, a plan just in case someone is out. And coaches included. Okay, let's go Dana and then Norma. Hey coach, um, it will have been, I think what, th almost three weeks uh, since the Navy game. Uh, how do you carry over all the positive things you did from that game? Or is there a sense of kind of like starting over because there, it was so long in between games. Is this almost like a whole second training camp leading up to the first game of the season, so to speak? Yeah, I think, I think for, um, for a, the young guys, it might be a little bit starting over for the, the veterans, they're, they're, they're kind of used to being on the field. And I think more than anything, they want to get, they want to play every week. Uh, the guys on our team want to play every week, but I lean heavily on the leadership of this team and the experience that we have at so many different positions. And, and uh, those guys are leading their position groups and leading this team. So I, I feel like uh, we, we're in a good spot. I mean, obviously we'd love to keep playing every week, you know, and that's, that's the plan from here on out. But uh, we just had a little hiccup last week and, and uh, the guys are, I think they're chomping at the bit. They're ready to get back on the field. And it being, you know, the, the home opener here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the guys are really excited to play in front of the fans. Uh, sort of piggybacking off of that, you're mentioning it's a home opener. When you guys were fighting to have a season, um, that was sort of the mentality you guys wanted to play at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. What does it mean to now finally uh, not only play at home, but to be the first game played in the West? Yeah, looking really forward to it. I, I think the uh, uh, it's just familiar to be on that field. We've we've had a number of scrimmages on that field now, and uh, we talked about our guys being at home. There's just it brings a, a little bit of sense of um, uh, comfort being at home a little bit, you know. And 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 uh, I think the guys will will be able to understand that now they know what our locker room looks like. They know how to prepare before a game, two hours before when we get there, go through the whole uh, the whole you know process of pre-game to post-game and all that and during halftime. So I, I think the now that it's familiar, I think the guys are really excited about it. And, you know, however many fans we can get in there, we'll, we'll, they'll be cheering for us. So it'll be a, a heavy, um, you know, blue blue fan, fan base there. Okay, 
Okay, let's go Shep and then Jared Lloyd. Kalani, um, obviously you had mentioned a lot about the contact tracing, and it really does seem like besides BYU, a lot of these schools that have had games either postponed or canceled, it's been due to the contact tracing. I know earlier on um, Coordinator's Corner, Ed had mentioned that because of the of the the contact tracing, guys in that situation actually have to stay away longer than somebody who's tested positive. Are, are those rules, are those coming from the CDC? Is that state by state? Is there any chance any of that gets updated? What do you know about those types of rules? So I don't know exactly who's responsible for what rule. I just know what our administration sports health, um, medicine department tells us. And so when, when they tell us that the contact tracing is the issue, then we have to do our best to, to deal with it. You know, I, I, um, we've had some adjustments, moving guys different places, guys moving out of their apartments and things like that. It's just really difficult to do in the middle of the semester. And so as we go, continue to go through this, um, you know, there's it's a learning process for all of us. I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, whether it's CDC or, or, or I, don't, I don't know who's, who's controlling all of it. Um, but the, the, even the definitions of contact tracing, it, it, could, be, it could be left up to, to, you know, to interpretation by a lot of different places. And so who holds us to what protocols? I don't know. But I just know whatever they tell us is what we deal with, you know. And, and, and um, it's, just, it's just difficult to deal with this um, in the middle of it when guys have, um, you know, leases and rent obligations and things like that. And then we throw them a curveball. It's just difficult for a student who's planning to pay for, you know, for uh, tuition and, and housing, or more importantly, pay for housing the entire semester. Now they realize that the housing might cause them to be out of out of a out of a game because of contact tracing. Now, guys that go into quarantine because of contact tracing are still testing, and so whether they test negative or positive, they still have to be in quarantine regardless of those test results as a result of contact tracing. So the more we can understand about contact tracing, the more we can keep our guys isolated. We, there's a lot of things that we're still understanding. They're learning along the way, um, you know, players having their own hotel rooms now and, and on the, on the, in hotels and we're getting ready to play games, things like that, that we have to make adjustments to. And, um, you know, as, as this thing starts to transition, start going to the season, uh, I'm just asking for the, for the, the feedback and the, the, interpretation of everything then I'm going to make sure that we do everything we can but the players have been able to respond to it coaches have done well with everything that's been asked of us and we're doing everything we can to make sure that this is done right it's hard for, for me to forecast how contact tracing is going to be determined in two weeks or next week Kalani I wanted to ask about We've talked a lot about the football side and the medicine side, but these are student athletes. A lot of the guys we've talked to have said they're doing most of their classwork online. What's the, what's the classwork been like for your guys as they've tried to, to, to deal with the academic side because there's a concern about in-person classes and where that might impact that might have or the value of online. So I just wondered what, what you've seen from these student athletes as they've dealt with the academic side as well. I've seen some really good teachers in the school, and, and I've been really impressed with the way that they've been able to handle the uh, the, the uh, virus, the pandemic, and be able to adjust their schedules, you know, and, and, and I see a lot of teachers that are reaching out and doing different things that are a little bit creative and innovative in the ways to teach their students, and then, um, you know, our, our, I mean, this is new for everyone, so our, I've been really pleased with the way our players are handling it. Now, 
Uh, we'll see when the grades come out and everything, but I thought they handled it well in the winter semester when we had that change up in March. And um, I'm, I'm hoping they can do the same thing. But when you have teachers that are willing to work with your students and, and are um, understanding the situation that they're in, I think that, that uh, you know, we should be okay, right? And, and, and the key is for our guys to learn and, and um, learn as much as they can and, and pass their classes, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a living situation, social distancing, all that stuff is all, all wrapped into one now. And that, that, that includes faculty and staff as well. So I, I appreciate all the, the, the hard work that, that this administration and, and the people on campus have been doing to accommodate our players and, and, and our student athletes. All right, let's go Jake Hatch and then Sean Walker. Kalani, I wanted to ask you about your relationship with Ryan Pugh. Obviously, he spent some time here in Provo, but now what's your relationship been with him since he left Provo and headed to Troy? Oh, I checked with him once in a while. I mean, I, I think we followed him pretty closely last year to see how, how well he was doing with, with uh, you know, running the show. I mean, he's offense coordinator, so it's a, it's a huge step for him, but we have a great relationship. He has that connection with a lot of guys on the staff and so and a lot of players too, but if, if you've met him, you can understand why he's, he's, a, he's a, he's a, a person that you just can't like forget about, you know, he, he leaves an impact in your life. And whether it's a, as a coach that works for you or, or, you know, a teammate, I, I see the, the way that he has his interaction with a lot of different people. When, uh, when he, since his playing days at Auburn, he's, he's that type of guy. That I think he's going to have a great, a lot of success as offense coordinator. And uh, I think he'll make a great head coach one day, but he's, He's a special young man and, and really happy for him and, you know, just trying to make things rough for him this weekend. But after that, we'll always cheer for him. Building off that a little bit, Coach, what have you, you, you mentioned you've been following Ryan, obviously, at Troy and, and kind of keeping tabs on him as an OC. Does he seem like a bit of a different coach just in that kind of progression that he's taken, obviously going from O-line to OC and, and that kind of thing? Can you kind of see little things that he's doing differently or, or presenting himself differently just from following him like that? Oh, he's always carried himself really well professionally. And then I think you could tell, I mean, he, he's a, he's a coach's son. So he's been around football a long time. It's not just in college, you know, he, but he's, he's been able to adapt to the game easy. I mean, he came to BYU and not being an LDS member and, and uh, made an easy transition. It wasn't, it wasn't hard for him and his wife. They, 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 they came here and, and, and kind of just, grasp onto our culture here and, and, and they were able to thrive in it. So I, I think his uh, leadership qualities is the key, but I, I think he's always going to be the same guy. He's a happy, positive person and uh, he demands a lot from his players. I, I'm expecting him to, to, to bring his team re ready to roll because they're going to bring their A game. They, they had a great uh, game this last weekend. I mean, they about 500 yards of offense and balanced to basically 260 passing, 240 running. So uh, you know, they, they can attack you in a lot of different ways. And, uh, you know, he works for a great head coach. And I think Chip Lindsay is a, a great offensive mind that, that a lot of people don't, don't really understand how, how well he knows the game. So this is going to be difficult for us as a team, but we got to be ready, be ready to take them on. And they play great team football, you know, and that's why they're able to win that game by score 47 to 14. And it wasn't even that close. Okay. Last two questions, Mitch, and then Jake Edmonds. Yeah, Kalani, with, with how much time has passed since that Navy game, do you still feel like this program for, for your team still has that momentum that you guys had maybe built from that performance in Annapolis? Do you feel like it's still there? Yeah, I mean, guys got to play. 
you know, there's still a deep level of appreciation for this game coming this weekend. So uh, I think there's a lot of excitement still. The, the momentum is is the guys just willing to, to get out there and want to get, I mean, these guys are excited to practice today, you know? And so uh, I, I've seen it, the, the gratitude in these these young men, the way they carry themselves every day. And uh, I, I don't see it changing at all throughout the whole year. I mean, these guys are consistent. They, they, they appreciate everything. They, they, they don't take things for granted. And that's part of being on this football. They love it, including practice. So, uh, Coach, you mentioned um, they play a lot. They play team offense. And obviously, we saw last game, they, they really like to spread the ball around. What are the challenges that come with trying to prepare for an offense like that, where there's not just a go-to guy? Well, they have big targets at receiver that can, th that can catch the ball, you know, and they have uh, some really speed, a lot of great speed at the slot receiver. They have uh, physical line and, and, and tight end, and they have a, a, a group of backs that can run the ball, and they, they did. They, they had a bunch of guys running the ball uh, for a high average. So you combine all that with a quarterback that, that seems really comfortable throwing the ball, and they, you got so yourself so, uh, you know, something to, to deal with. And so – uh, that, including with the, the fast tempo that they run, can really stress the defense. So we'll have to be ready. We'll have to have all our things lined up so we can play assignment sound football and rely on the fundamentals of the game to help us become a strength for us stopping them. But uh, they're a type of team that can do a lot of different things, and uh, we're going to have to play some team football as well to, to combat what they have. And they do a great job, well-coached, really physical team, and that's in all three phases. They're, they're assignment sound. And, uh, you know, they're very disciplined. So we're going to have to be ready for that. There you have it. Kalani Sataki meeting with or a Zoom meeting with uh, members of the media today. Kalani said that uh, BYU fans are, or the team is excited to play in front of uh, their home fans at Lavelle's place. And I wonder how many people will be there. Is it like 6,000 people, Austin? I think that's what, I think that's what they're allowing, them. yeah. So, uh, but, you know, I mean, these guys probably want to play football and going up against Troy. I don't know how many fans are really psyched about this game, but they're eager to see if uh, what BYU did against Navy was the truth. I mean, the Trojans, like you just heard Kalani say, they beat Middle Tennessee by 33 points on Saturday. They crushed them on the ground. It was fairly even. Uh, over 500 yards of offense. I think it was like 248 passing and 270, something like that, uh, rushing. So, obviously, against that level of competition, this team can thrive. How will they be able to perform uh, in front uh, with the Cougars? Uh, that, that's The Cougars will have a lot to say about that. And last year, we saw that BYU was good enough to beat USC, but uh, bad enough to lose to Toledo and schools of that ilk. And so we'll see if they can be a little more consistent in the face of really weird circumstances, the pandemic. You heard the questions asked there. Austin, what would you guess? 95% of those uh, questions had something to do with the coronavirus or the effects of it. Yeah, probably. Like, yeah. Nine out yeah. of 10. Yeah. So he had to, you know, it's just, it's on everybody's mind. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, in that game and how much I don't know just think about that BYU fans are you psyched about this game uh, maybe maybe BYU fans to the point any kind of football would be a lot of fun for them um, coming up next we'll have the drop of the day or say sounds of various clips it's something not to be missed isn't it 
Hey, Austin, tell, tell the people where we are today. Yeah, for sure. We're at the Jazz Team store, both here at Vivid Smart Home Arena and at the Smiths at 3215 South Valley Street. 3215 South Valley Street at Smiths Marketplace. Brand new location there of the Utah Jazz Team store. But here at the arena as well, the sidewalk sale is going now through Saturday at the arena. Not 50% half off. No, up to 80% off. Tees, hats, hoodies, jerseys, and more. Best deals of the offseason. Uh, also, uh, like I said, at the Smith store, open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 8 at 3215 South Valley Street. You can follow the team store on Twitter and Instagram at Jazz Team Store. They're always doing special giveaways and releases and stock updates are online at jazzteamstore.com. Here at the arena, the hours are 11 a.m. to 6, Monday through Saturday. Again, up to 80% off sidewalk sale. Come on down to the arena. And uh, we'll be here uh, up until 7 o'clock, Gordo. All right, Austin, thanks. All right, coming up next, drop of the day. Stay with us. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, Chad! Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? I've traveled every road in this here land. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Man, I wish I could sing like Johnny Cash. Austin, can you even replicate it a little bit? You mean to talk like Johnny Cash here at Folsom County Prison? <laughs> That's pretty good. You sit back and I'll uh, sing you to sleep. <laughs> oh, man. I've been wasn't everywhere, that, man. Wasn't, wasn't that uh, videotaped and uh, recorded for posterity? It was? That, I don't know. Concert? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, welcome back to the big show. Since Jake is vacationing, why don't we have a uh, an all Jake Scott, great Scott drop of the day? A great Scott drop of the yeah. day? I like that. Are you trademarking that? <laughs> yeah, I don't, maybe that's what we should call Jake from here on out. Great Scott! But it's uh, what, what movie is that from? Uh, back to the Future. Yep. So I, I knew I couldn't pull fast one on Mr. Movie over 1. there. 1.21 uh, gigawatts. It's uh, so th- this is all in love for you, Jake. And check out the enthusiasm from uh, Pac-12 Media Day. <laughs> Don't tell me the computer froze. Oh, I'm on the wrong button. Hold on. It's the one to the left. Up oh. Three- you see, uh, I thought I thought I taught you how to use that board. I think this is the one. Let me edit this real quick here. We have to switch <laughs> rooms. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this is something we tease Jake about a lot. He uh, he was leading 
the crew in interviewing the coaches and players All right, at Pac-12 Media Day, and he just got a little bit uh, too enthusiastic. Joining us now, running back for the University of Utah, he is Zach Moss with us here on the Zone Sports Network. What's up, Zach? Linebacker for the Oregon Ducks, Troy Dye with us here on the Zone Sports Network. Hi, Troy. How are you? All right. Sitting down to join us now, he is uh, center at the University of Washington, Nick Harris with us here on the Zone Sports Network. What's up, Nick? How are you? Miles Bryant with us here on the Zone Sports Network. Miles, what's up, man? How are you? Joining us now, receiver for the Trojans, Michael Pittman what's with up, us guys? here on the Zone. What's up, man? How, How are, are you? you? Uh, sitting down with us now, the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. He is Mel Tucker with us here on the Zone Sports Network. Coach, good afternoon. How are you doing? What's Joining good? us now, offensive lineman from Washington State. He is Liam Ryan with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What's up, Liam? How are hey, you? Man. Joining us now, wide receiver for Colorado, LaVisca Chenault. Here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hey, thanks for a few minutes. How are you? Chris Barnes joining us uh, from UCLA, of course, linebacker here on the Zone Sports Network. Chris, first of all, thanks for a few minutes. How you doing, man? Joined now by the quarterback at Stanford, KJ Costello with us on the Zone Radio Network. What's up, KJ? Joining us now, he is the quarterback of the Wildcats. He is Khalil Tate with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Khalil, thanks for a few minutes. How are you this fine day? The head coach at Cal. He's Justin Wilcox with us here on the Zone Sports hey. Network. Hi, Coach. Justin Herbert with us here on the Zone Sports Network. What's going on, Justin? Back 12 Media Day coverage here on the Zone Sports Network. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan, and Hans Olsen. We're being joined now by UCLA running back Joshua Kelly on the Zone Sports Network. What's up, man? How are you? Herm Edwards with us on the Zone Sports Network. Coach, it's great to see you. How you doing? All right, sitting coach down Smith, with us uh, right now. About to throw on the headset. He's the head coach at Oregon State. He is Jonathan Smith with us right here on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, Coach, it's great to see you. Uh, How are things? Joined now by running back from the University of Arizona, J.J. Taylor with us on the Zone Sports Network. What's up, J.J.? All right, joining us now, throw on on that headset there. Running back uh, for Oregon State, Jamar Jefferson with us here on the Zone Sports Network. What's going on, Jamar? How are you? Isaiah Hodgins with us on 97.5 and 1280 Zone. Isaiah, what's up, man? How are you? Plays linebacker for Cal. He is Evan Weaver with us here on the Zone Sports Network. Evan, thanks for a few minutes. How you doing? Joining us now, running uh, well, back for Arizona State. Yeah, the 2019 Offensive Player of the Year in the Pac-12, Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin <laughs> with us. How you doing, Eno? Thanks for joining us. The head coach at Stanford, he is David Shaw with us on the Zone Sports Network. Coach, it's great to see you. How are you? He did not have to travel very far to uh, to join us today. He is Clay Hilton on the Zone Sports Network. Coach, good afternoon. How you doing? USC defensive end Christian Rector. We've had some headset issues today, Christian. Uh, I apologize. How are you, man? Uh, joining us now is the Stanford <laughs> linebacker Casey Tuhill with us here from Pac-12 Media Day. Casey, thanks for a few minutes. How are you? Sitting down to uh, to join us now, he is a cornerback uh, for the University of Cal. He's Cameron Bynum with us here on the Zone Sports Network. Hi, Cameron. Hi, how are you doing? We're great, man. How are you? Joining us now, Bradley and I, defensive end for the University of Utah. Bradley, what's up, man? How are you? Joining us now, the uh, head coach of the UCLA Bruins, the one and only Chip Kelly with us on the Zone Sports Network. Coach, uh, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Wow, that's a whole lot of... Hi, how you doing? Hey, JJ, how's it going? <laughs> you know... Hey, Coach, Jake, what's up? How are you, man? I think Jake hates it when we play that more than just about any other thing, including the bulging disc. No, I well, mean, maybe, maybe, yeah. 
Uh, the bulging disc he... is like a, a slip of the tongue. This, he feels like, is a shot at his delivery. Uh, <laughs> and it is. <laughs> it is, but, you know, because Jake is... Uh, he's a pleasant enough fellow, but he isn't overly enthusiastic about most things. But when he was bringing each one of them into the show, it was, hi, how are you? Why doesn't he greet you every day with such vigor I, and uh, life? I don't know. It's usually, Gordon, how are you? Yeah, what's going on? Instead, it should be, hey, Gordon, what's up, man? How are you doing? <laughs> having the best day ever or having the best day ever since yesterday? <laughs> I think I think that might uh, that might irritate all our listeners. Welcome to but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. That's, that's exactly what it's like. All right, uh, hang around with us. We have a programming note uh, coming up next. We're going to split the signal. Uh, Austin and I will be on ninety-seven five FM, and the Raiders, the Raiders, will, will be on twelve eighty. AM. I guess we're going to have them all season long. The Raiders are playing the Saints. Uh, Uh-oh. I, Austin, do you think that uh, more people are interested in the Raiders around these parts now that they're in Vegas? They are right now. Wait till they play the Saints tonight, though. So, <laughs> Why? You think uh, they're going to get rolled? 41-0, New Orleans. Oh, oh really? I don't know. We got the Saints are pretty good. All right, uh, so uh, stick with us if you want or listen to Raiders football if you'd prefer to do that right here on The Big Show. An old cowboy went riding out one dark and windy day. You know, Austin, when I was a kid, I used to listen to this song, only it wasn't sung by Johnny Cash. It was sung by Lorne Green. Oh, yeah, sure. You know who Lorne Green was? Just because of this song, yeah. Ben Cartwright. And uh, he he recorded this, and I used to listen to it because my dad had it, and I I really liked it. I have a real sentimental tie to this song as well. My, uh, My grandpa, my best friend, who passed away a few years ago, he used to play this for me on the piano. It was the only song he could play on the piano and it stuck with me and it's got this song man it's got a good message to it it really does it, it, it can change your life all right well uh, i'm glad we both have good memories <laughs> of that we uh we told you earlier that we split our signal the raiders are playing on uh the uh 12 a.m and we are here on 97.5 fm uh austin i asked you whether uh you thought th- you thought more people would be interested around our listenership because they're now playing in Vegas. The Raiders are. Let me ask this. Do you connect with the Raiders? Are you able to? Does it fit your personality? Uh, you know, I, I. it's funny how people choose teams, isn't it? Usually, I, would you guess that the majority of the time uh, fandom is passed down through relationships, be it family or friends or otherwise? Is it is it you, p- you pick your best friend's rival so that you go against each other? Do you pick your best friend's same team, your dad, your mom? I don't know. It's funny how people pick teams. Personally, when it came to the NFL, uh, I-, I was a big uh, 49ers fan because I was a big Steve Young fan. I met him as a young kid and, and thought he was great, and so I became a 49ers fan. Uh, but then after he retired, then I jumped on with the Tennessee Titans for the simple fact that I liked their uniforms, Gordon. 
And so <laughs> people around these parts that are already Raiders fans, I'm sure they all have their own story to tell why they're a Raiders fan. Will there be new waves of Raiders fans because of the proximity of Las Vegas? I'm not sure I'm completely buying that like everyone else seems to be selling it and buying it right now. I think there will be a few, but Vegas isn't 10 minutes away. It's still another state, and it's still uh, played predominantly on a day that a lot of people around these parts don't go out and recreate. So I don't know. I I'm not sure. I'm going to have to wait and see. Well, it's the closest NFL team to Salt Lake City. Okay. Now. And geography comes into play, like you said, proximity, geography. That's what causes a lot of people to root for the teams for which they root. But everyone's got all kinds of crazy reasons. Like you said, you liked uh, the way the team looked on the field. And so you went with them. Uh, everyone finds a reason. I just wonder whether because the Raiders are in closer proximity that people will make adjustments because there is no NFL team here, and maybe some of those allegiances. I know some of the allegiances in Salt Lake are very, very, very strong. Uh, I know fans here who love the Browns, who love the Steelers, who love the Eagles, who love all these teams, the 49ers like you were talking about, the Broncos. Uh, but I wonder if people will be able to make adjustments in that regard. And according to your book of rules for fans, would it be acceptable for them to do so? Huh, that's interesting because a lot of times, I mean, and we're, we're having a little fun with the, the tongue-in-cheek rules uh, comment there, but let's pretend there are steadfast rules. Is there an <laughs> addendum made when a team moves closer to you? Like we always, I always make fun of Yankees fans that were born and raised in Utah. I'm like, you just like the Yankees because they won a bunch of World Series when you were a kid. That's, that's a bandwagon fan. But if they grew up in New York and then they moved to Utah, then I give a concession. Okay, fine. You can like the most hateable team in all sports. Go ahead if you so choose to do so because you're from there. Well, now maybe I might allow you to switch teams because the team has now moved, quote unquote, down the road. I don't know. It's, it's wishy-washy. See, I don't think it is bandwagoning if, if someone at a young age jumps aboard and roots for a team and then stays with that team over the long haul. Because now there's going to be some down years, maybe maybe fewer of those for some franchises than others, but they ride that wave out even in the in the in the more scant times. Mm. So I, I I think I'm a little more liberal in my allowances for fandom. I don't think you have to root for a team you picked when you were five years old. Yeah, well, know, I, uh, sounds like a guy that picks the number one seeds every <laughs> March and, you know, just picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl again. So, so Speaking of picking teams, uh, what NBA finals are you most interested in? I'd kind of like to see the Nuggets in the heat. Oh, I don't, I don't, totally. That's not going to happen. But uh, I've seen the Lakers and the Celtics too many times in the past. I'm not sure I need to see him again. Yeah, I, I, that is exactly right. I've seen, uh, you know, I've seen The Lion King before. I know how that movie plays. I want to see <laughs> the the newest movie coming to theaters. I want to see Tenet. I don't. I want to see something different. Give me Miami. Give me Denver. Two teams that nobody would have predicted would be against each other in the finals. That's what I want. But the odds of that happening, Gordon, I think the Heat have a fair shot, obviously, being yeah, up in that series. Uh -huh. The Nuggets, yeah. whew, they looked like a team that was really, really beaten down after that Anthony Davis shot. And it was just one shot in one game, but they looked like a team that might shrink away. 
I wonder because they've been so resilient. You know, that's been the strength of their team. Obviously, we saw it against the Jazz. We saw it against the Clippers. And it's been become their trademark. And so for them to get punched in the gut on an impossible shot. And that's what I'm telling you right now. AD takes that shot ten times. He makes it maybe once. And, uh, and so that had to just be a crushing blow. You mean that shot in that scenario from that spot? You, you yes. don't mean a three because people no. might bark back at you and say, well, he's a 36% or whatever, three-point no, shooter. Oh, yeah. that was a tough shot on a tough angle. And, yeah, the joker was there a little late, but he still had his hand up there. So, I mean, that I rate that on a scale from 0 to 10, 10 being most difficult. That shot was a 9.5. It was something. It was, it was really impressive. And I do love the fact that he yelled, Kobe! After he made it. That's pretty funny. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, they were wearing the uh, Black Mamba unis, right? Yep. 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 All right. Well, uh, stick around with us for the six o'clock hour. We'll hear from Craig Bowler Jack and from Austin and from myself. We appreciate you listening. Stay with us. Let's put a wrap on the big show on a Monday. I'd like to thank Craig Bowler, Jack, for sitting in with us uh, today in the absence of Jake Scott. Great Scott, Jake Scott. Austin and I have been here throughout. We've had a lot of fun today, Austin. We've had a lot of fun today, especially thanks to the uh, the Jazz Team store, both here at the Vivint Arena as well as at the Smith Marketplace on Valley Street. Uh, 80% off a lot of stuff now through Saturday. Come to the arena, go to the Smith Marketplace, 3215 South Valley, and uh, get yourself some uh, jazz gear while the getting's good. All right, so there's been a lot of sports uh, going on over the weekend. And so, Austin, let me put you on the spot. You did not know I was going to ask you this, but did you have a favorite moment of our sporting weekend? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Watching, and I I love all the football heads, with all due respect, trying to explain that the Falcons did the right thing by not touching the football uh, in those (laughs) 10 yards, which is absolute, uh, that's asinine, because the right thing to do is to grab the football before the other team can grab the football. That was my favorite moment, was watching the Falcons uh, special teams hands unit there, just watching that football roll through their feet going, nope, Coach said, don't touch it. Coach said, don't touch it. And then they lost the game. I'm not Why a Cowboys the- fan, but that was funny to see them shoot themselves in their foot like that. Why would the coach say, don't touch it? You've got to cover the ball. Well, Hans, Hans was talking about how you are taught to wait those 10 yards because if the ball doesn't go 10 yards, then it's your ball automatically. Or if you try to fall on it and it <laughs> squirts out, then the other team can get it and the coach will get mad at you because you touched it before the 10 yards. But I'm here to tell you. If that ball is in the foul territory, you pick it up so yeah. that they don't get a base hit. You don't run the risk of it coming back fair. And if yeah. that ball is within the 10 yards and you can pick it up cleanly and safely, you pick it up so the other team can't win the game. And they I didn't. agree. Because once it hits that 10-yard mark, then it's like a jump ball. Yes, exactly. And, you know, they're just as likely to get it as you are. So cover it when you have the advantage. They can't touch it. So you might as well. Right. That seems like a, a crazy way to go about your business, especially since this is what those guys are on the field to do. <laughs> yeah. My least favorite was the Lakers winning at the buzzer. Ah, whatever. 
Just because you don't like the Lakers? Yep. Uh, mostly I don't like the Lakers fans. But, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, thanks for sitting in. We've had a lot of fun today, lots to get through, and we plowed straight on through it. Again, thanks to Craig Bullerjank. And, uh, Jake, wherever you are, stay safe. Stay safe, Austin. Hope you have a great uh, evening. You too. I'll uh, be co-hosting with you tomorrow at my hearing center. So check us out then. All right. All right. Thanks. Uh, Talk to you tomorrow.